0: Focal Point, episode five, where Chelsea is back and we have Dan Baker here to help us discuss community over competition.
1: So today we have Dan Baker with us. Um, Dan is a street photographer based on the English Seacoast who does a lot of work with other photographers and photo walks and so forth. So we thought he'd be a great guest to have on our community over competition episode. So thank you, Dan, for coming.
2: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Quite excited to be on this and um, look forward to digging into this conversation.
1: Absolutely. So why don't we just jump right into it then? So let's talk about it. Why is community so important in what is ultimately a pretty solitary hobby or profession, depending on where you land? Um, What are your thoughts on that, Dan?
2: So I think the whole thing with street photography, and like you've already just pointed out, it is a solitary pursuit, probably like 95% of the time. And that can get quite lonely. Um, I definitely find it, it can be lonely, especially if you're in a, and we all go through it, a bit of a rut with your work. Um, I mean, if you're in the middle of, if you're flowing through something at the, uh, at the time, it's not so bad, but um, sometimes it's nice to just to have a, like almost like a, a safety net, a catch net of a community around you that you can bounce ideas off, um, and that's something where I live here in the, um, on the English coast, as you said. I very rarely have the opportunity to actually see other photographers around and about. I'm somewhat isolated here. So I, I think it's really important to be able to actually put something together um, and get that community in. And it's something that I, I found I missed from when I did my degree. We had that community of photographers around us and other creatives as well as that um from there we all graduated and everyone went off in different directions and i headed back up to the northeast coast where i was somewhat isolated um and i craved that that community that's that spirit of um creativity um and it's something that i think is missing sometimes when we we undertake um projects uh and even just a case to just show people what we're up to um that's evolve of Instagram or any other social media, I think it's nice to be off of those platforms at times to be able to actually have that face-to-face conversation um, and an open and honest conversation as well, which is, it's hard to do when you're texting someone at 3pm, you know, you're just not going to have the same interaction.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times people, when they hear community over competition, their mind immediately goes to Instagram and online um, groups and social media platforms and such. But I think you make a good point that the the face-to-face community has so much value. Um, and I think... What you brought up was an interesting point because it's something that people say a lot. They say, well, I don't live in New York. I don't live in London. I don't live in Hong Kong. I'm all alone here in my small town and there's no other photographers. Um, You've seemed to (laughs) to combat that in a pretty successful way. Do you have any thoughts on how other people in a similar situation can find a community in their small, already small community?
2: So I think some of that is down to the fact that we've got – we do have these very powerful tools now, and that is social media. And we can utilise them um, for our own means. I know, obviously, we think we are all the time, and there's a lot of um, negativity around that at times because we assume that because our work has flopped online – or it's not getting enough attention that it's a reflection on who we are, but it's not. But if we flip it on the head and we use these platforms for what they originally were intended for, it's social media. We can be social with it, and we can find these people that are in the same position. And trust me, there is a lot of people out there that are in exactly the same position as we all are, somewhat isolated. Even the ones that, um, and I found this quite interesting, uh, friends that are in cities, and they, you would assume that they're the ones that have this community around them. And quite often, these are some of the more isolated individuals that I've come across because they they feel somewhat cast out from whatever the collective group is. But I think it's all psychological at the end of the day. Um, and I think just to be able to get those people together and have the the impact of social media, to be able to have this collective voice, and then take that offline is quite a powerful thing.
0: And that does bring up, like, how do you go about building these communities if there isn't one already
2: to join in? Um, well, I guess for me, it, it's a case of you You start each thing as, as anything else. It's little steps, isn't it? Um, I started off very small, um, and you reach out and you find a, somebody else that's, like-minded, and they become an acquaintance or a friend, or you have maybe some other friends that are maybe um, a little bit further away, and then you can start having this open, honest conversation online, um, and then it can start to grow. And I think some of that, as well, is what you can do through social media: is you can talk to people, and you can comment on work, and you can actually dive a little deeper than a little love heart or a. That's nice comment. I mean, if you are able to actually just talk to people and have that conversation, it's amazing what it leads to. But most people don't. Most people just, it's a, I, I don't have time for you. So why would they have time yep. for me? You know, if if I if I don't put myself out there, why am I expecting anything back? And that's something that, you know, it's 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 a simple thing. But I think in all our busy lives, we don't often think about this. We don't think about the impact of just taking that time to interact honestly with other people around us.
1: Yeah. What you said there really resonated with me because it comes to the point where people are consumers um, by nature more so than they are creators. So they come in and they're like, well, I want this community? Why aren't you giving me this community? And they're not putting any effort into it. And um, this is something that I've run into quite a bit because of the communities that I uh, try to maintain, where there's maybe thousands of people there. But three or four people putting in a lot of effort. And those three or four people who are putting in a lot of effort are the ones who are getting the most back from it. Um, so this this idea, if you really want this, this strong community, you have to be willing to put in the work as well. And it shouldn't, you should never go into these communities with what is this going to do for me? And that's it. It should be, how is this community going to be healthy? And it's going to help help me whilst helping other people, which will then create this beautiful, like constant give and take as opposed to a take, 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 take,
0: take. Yeah.
2: I definitely feel that.
0: And it is challenging sometimes to get people to start that interaction and keep it going. Um, I think that's a little bit easier when people are actually there together in person Um, but even then, sometimes it's, there's always the shy person in the group, usually me Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting everyone to actually start getting involved and communicating with the group, uh, can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. Do you really have any good solutions to something like that? And like how to help people start getting more involved and keep them encouraged?
2: Personally, I I find it's just, you will get people that are a little bit quieter and I've definitely come across some. Um, in the communities that I've um, been a part of, and I'm still a part of, um, that find it a little bit more difficult. And I suppose this is why a lot of us are maybe drawn to this solitary pursuit of um, documentary or street or any, really any type of photography, because it is a solitary pursuit. Um, I, I think it's a case of you just have to be yourself and have those honest interactions with people and it is amazing how many other like-minded people are out there and say you're not the, the most outgoing person in the world. Guess what? There is a million other people, not that many, <laughs> that don't want to be outgoing people, <laughs> but they still want a connection as much as I do or anyone else does. It might just be on a different level. Um I'm quite a. I like to go and talk to people. I can't help myself but stick my nose in other people's business and go, "Oh, what are you up to? Um, well, what camera are you shooting with? What are you, What are you guys doing? What are you producing? Where's your work? Let's see it. Let's Let's get involved with it. I'm all about that. Um, and I've seen other people sort of recoil in horror that I've even approached them to speak to them, um, especially Londoners, which is quite interesting because they to say they are surrounded by people they do not like being poked and prodded whereas um there's quite a lot of the the northern folk in the uk we are very vocal (laughs) we go and say hello to people and we're quite friendly um so i take that approach but obviously there are the people that don't want that approach and there is other people like that so just having the opportunity to you know think that there's more than you out there and if you struggle there is a million other people that also struggle with this it's just a case of you just have to get over that that first hurdle of what do I do who do I speak to how do I reach out The honest easiest way to do that is just take that first step reach out to a few people and you will find your level within society or the creative hub or wherever that is because it naturally falls into place but it's just that first step if you don't if you don't bat the ball to begin with, no one's going to return it to you.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's exactly correct. Um I can speak from experience because for for years I was traveling and I mean, I am again where we stay a place like a month, two months, no more than 3 months and it it can be kind of lonely. I have my husband and now my son with me, which is great, but um but it can be lonely when you have some kind of pursuit that you're passionate about and you want to be able to talk to other people about it. And um after a few years of that we moved to Prague and didn't really know anyone yet and I definitely didn't know other photographers, but I knew that there was other people who were doing it. Um, so that's exactly what I did. I reached out to a couple of people and that I admired their work. And I started saying, hey, why don't we get together? Let's call ourselves a street photography collective because that's the jargon that goes around the <laughs> internet. And we had some meetings and then we started doing walks and we did feedback sessions. We had a gallery showing. And all of this came from me being feeling isolated, like you said, and being somewhere where I knew there had to be somebody else. And there's always somebody else. The group isn't very big, but it doesn't need to be very big. It just needs to have people that you can bounce ideas off of and do things with. Of course, that took a shot during COVID. We started in 2018, <laughs> in the oh. summer of 2018. Uh, <laughs> but but it was, it's, it's possible to do that and just, starting small, I think is always going to be the first step to get to something that is valuable to you and to the community.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that.
1: So I want to know then, like, we're talking about the community itself and, and how to start it. Why, what, what is so valuable there? Like, what do we get from having these people around us, especially speaking to those who are maybe more introverted and um, less uh, extroverted, <laughs> for lack. Of... <laughs> but yeah, so so what are the what are the positives of these kinds of communities? I think if we're talking in broad strokes, it's the obvious of you have people to bounce ideas off of, um, but also things like feedback, things like l- learning new techniques or f- discovering new places, even in a city that you might know well. What are your guys' thoughts on that? What What do you think is the biggest benefit you get from something like this?
2: I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, for me, I, I think it is, it's it's a, a mixture of all those things that you've mentioned. Um, a big thing as well is, is seeing how others work. Um, Quite, for quite a while i was somewhat working in isolation in a bit of a silo here and especially when i first got into street photography i didn't know how you were supposed to approach things what you were supposed to do and this was really before we had any major social media um so we i didn't really know what i was how to approach doing certain images or how photographers were able to achieve these like iconic frames and I'm looking at them and you know you're scratching your head and you just assume they walk past something it just happens in front of them and they they click the the shutter and it's one shot they've got it they walk on that was my mindset for years (laughs) and I can't boggles my head how would I how was I so naive to this but I just I didn't know there was no way of me sort of finding out and um and then all of a sudden you, you figure out a few more techniques and things like that and you you start building your own your own way of approaching things because of course I was still sort of somewhat siloed at the time. But now we have social media and we have um, we have these connections with people. We're able to just sit and look and watch. And I've every day's a school day, especially for for me. And if I invite people to come in and um, share this community, share this space with me here at um, the seaside. I watch how others interact with people, how they interact with scenes, how they shoot. I find it quite fascinating. Um, I had a friend that came over a few weeks ago, uh, Ben Story, um, fantastic, very talented photographer. Um, he shoots things differently to what I do. He uses the same camera system and he approaches things uh, somewhat similar. We both like a certain aesthetic. Um, but I was watching what he was doing, it was completely different to how I would photograph this environment. And I was a little bit unsure what the final results was going to be. He was shooting film, so I couldn't actually see the images. Um, I knew they would be good, but then when he he, he got his film scans back and he showed me some of the images, I was really impressed and I could see the connection then between what he was doing, how he's approaching subjects and things, and the final result. Um, Even to the point where he stood on top of a – there was a big – Bin in the streets and he stood on top of that he climbed up on it i've never considered climbing up on something to get that high to be able to get a vantage point i, I do stand on things but i watched him do it and i was thinking if he falls off he's gonna hurt himself because that's pretty that's pretty high and has got a slippery slope on it um but the result was it was fantastic and it was um, a scene of a there's a fairground that i photographed quite a lot on the beach and i've never seen it from that vantage point before and it's made me think maybe I need to get a lot higher. Uh, maybe I need to like climb on top of a car or something to be able to get some of these frames that would be a completely different vantage point and a different perspective. On the start carrying a
1: ladder with you.
2: Exactly. Can you imagine that? I mean, I get some funny looks, but I get funny looks anyway. I, just, I don't really care. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it's important to be able to see all this sort of stuff and it's it's learning. Every day, like I said, every day's a school day and we're always learning new things and seeing how others work is is just as important as having that conversation and, and having that moral support around you as well. Absolutely. I think that works really well for
0: getting that feedback to like having this group of people that you can go to and that you know and can trust that you can bring your photos to and you can honestly have that open conversation and sit there, talk about the good, the bad, and especially for an in-person community, like they may have been with you when you're out there shooting. So they may be able to help direct and that type of stuff too. And you can pull from each other's experience that way. Uh, Just kind of sitting there giving each other critique, feedback on the pictures. And, It doesn't have to be a competitive, well, my stuff's better than yours, but it can be in that open and honest. It's like, hey, yeah, let's work and improve together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the problems that a lot of people fall into is it's it's an ego thing. It's a hubris thing. It's a, well, I'm who how am i supposed to learn from this guy like i know i'm better than this guy and then you start comparing everything that you do to the other people and it just becomes this constant like i don't want to say race to the bottom because that's not necessarily what it is but it, it it's just this often it's it's very toxic because then you're not thinking about yourself and how you're going to approach things the way that you want to you're thinking about well what can i do to be better than the person next to me and that toxicity of the competition um is just going to have a negative impact on any of the work that you do um and i do think this comes up a lot when people are maybe in a commercial setting or you know maybe portrait photographers in a small in a town or something like that but there's there's the other side to that coin where let's say for example you're a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer and god forbid something terrible happens the day you have a shoot like if you have completely isolated yourself and put yourself on an island, then what are you supposed to do? You don't have anyone to lean on. You don't have anyone to fall back on. It's as simple as like, I I can get some coverage or I need to borrow a lens. If you have that, co- that community that you've built there, then this competition of, if you're in the business side of it... it it's nothing but harmful for you. It's better to have, think of the other people as your colleagues, I think, than your competition when you're in the the business side of it.
0: Yeah, I've seen that plenty with the business side, especially in online communities. This is where it tends to take place more, but they'll sit there and it's like they're trying to be a competitor to everyone else out there when the reality of it is. There's more people out there wanting pictures than there are photographers. So there's always going to be room for more people out there. Just because you've got some newer photographers coming in, it's not necessarily going to take away from your own business. And that competition on the business side really can drive that race to the bottom mentality. People are always like, well, I've got to do something to undercut these other people instead of focusing on improving themselves and improving each other. So instead of trying to bring the other people up, you sit there and drive yourself to the bottom. And it's not a sustainable business practice doing it that way.
1: Yeah, And even in the creative aspect of it, I mean, I hate to go back to like high school Brit lit, but I think John Dunn said it when he said, no man is an island. If you make yourself an island, you are <laughs> without a safety net. You have You have no... Way to progress in a, I think, in a constructive way, um, both in your creative side and and in the business side of it, for sure.
0: Now, I will say there are some instances when I think competition can be good and used as a tool for improvement, but it's more on the personal level, like doing those art exhibitions and contests and stuff like that. If you can go into it with the mentality not of I'm going to be better than everyone else, but I'm going to see how good I can be. Um, So are there any other kind of challenges and competition type things where you can see or where you can use it as a way to build up that community?
2: I think think you've hit the nail on the head there, and I think it's a case of just pushing yourself to be as good as you can be. And that is really – it really is important because – Without that, and I've seen it. I've seen people graduate through this process of starting off and everything be very loose, and they're not particularly producing their best work or the work that they potentially could do if they put some more time and effort and attention into the um, into the craft of photography. There's um, there's a process that you go through, and I think the only competition you should be in is the competition with yourself to be able to produce the best work that you can do um if you can do that and you can avoid looking at you know everybody else around you and seeing what they're doing and um even trying to compete with the success of others because that's um you're onto a hiding every time that you get into that that headspace because you're never going to be as the same or in the same lane as anybody else because that's their own lane you're in yours and your mm. ability to produce stuff or your successes will come when they're ready. Um, and sometimes that's years <laughs> into your um, <laughs> into your creative journey. And trust me, I've been doing this for quite a few years and it's only at this point now that I'm able to host meetups and things like that. Um, I, I've been scratching my head for like 15 years trying to get to this point, but then I've seen <laughs> some other people um, around me that have arrived very quickly in the space of yeah. two years, three years, they have produced something which is quite meaningful, but they've done it in their own honest way. They've not tried to undercut anyone or to copy, but they've just pushed themselves. They've been their their own biggest supporter. And when I see somebody doing that, I support them as well because I see that growth from them. Um, and I don't want to go, well, h- hang fire a minute. You're, you're surpassing me. I want to go, keep going. You're shooting with the stars, and I want to see you, you know, become what you can be, what you, well, from mm-hmm. whatever the work is that you can produce. I want to see it. I want to see it out there. I want to see it on the front pages of whatever magazine, newspaper, print it can be, or in the best gallery that you can get it in. I want to see that, and I want to wish them well. And I think there's a certain amount of congratulating people and pushing them forward that relieves that tension of, um, wanting to compete with them um but then again i say this i'm the least competitive person ever i hate <laughs> competition to the point where and it's to my detriment i avoid entering competitions and yeah. putting my work out there because i i hate the judging of things and and waiting and will i get something well i So i i probably should do and i tell people that you should you know push yourself forward but then I don't listen to my own advice. I just stay by the wayside and I just do my own thing. But you know what? That that works for me. And that's what I need to do to be able yep. to stay in my lane and, and push myself forward and produce the best work that I can produce at this time. I don't know. It might change in the future. Who knows?
1: <laughs> you you touched on a couple of things that I think are really important. And um, I just want to kind of compress them because I think they're really indeed like just very important, like I said, but the idea of building other people up, that is so huge because it's it's just such a positive thing to be excited about other people's work and to see people who maybe. Like you said, maybe they just started like six months ago and they produced something incredible and or maybe you were mentoring them and they've surpassed you. Those are signs of a a, a good community. That's a sign of that you're doing something right, um, that you can see somebody flourish in and be proud of them. And that's just a, a, a thing that I think a lot of people struggle with um, just because of envy, I guess, is what it would boil down to in the in the lowest terms, but being proud of and being supportive of the people in your community can only be a positive thing for a, for them, obviously reasons, but it would be positive for you as well, because it gives you something that you can take a little bit of pride in because you know them and you're, you're a part of their experience of getting to that point. So if you approach it from that way, as opposed to well i've been doing this for 30 years and they're better than me i mean that's just again just toxic thoughts that won't help anybody so i really like that that attitude of being prideful of the other people around you who may or may not be your competition quote unquote
2: i think that's probably the best way to go about things at the end of the day it's we what we are doing is effectively, and I struggle with this term, an art form, because I don't consider myself like an artist or anything like that. I think it's a bit of a a weird title, especially when I see people. Uh, maybe it's like an English thing. I don't know, but when we're like we mm. self proclaim, self proclaim we are artists. I feel like mm, I don't think we can award ourselves that title. So it's a bit of a weird one, but <laughs> seeing people like succeed with their art form is is like amazing. And because that's what it is, I suppose, at the end of the day, I mean, how many artists, like I'm thinking like painters now, I'm thinking how many painters are out there in competition? And I see like, I'm really inspired by the work of um, abstract surrealism. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking like years gone past when these were it was their heyday of the work that they was making, were they in competition with each other or was they pushing each other forward? And I chances are they was pushing each other forward and they was all in their own lanes doing their own thing. And there wasn't a, you know, um, a Roth, Rothko wasn't being copied by, <laughs> you know, anyone. They was just doing their thing. And yes, of course, there'll be people who'll try to imitate that, but there'll never be the the original person because it's not their honest voice they won't be able to know what the next step will Mm -hmm. be in that journey only the creator will know that so i think having that as a as a mind as like the forefront of your mind of what you're producing is effectively like an art at the end of the day and seeing other people producing their art and thinking of it like that we're able to then step back and go do you know what i couldn't produce that because it's not me. It's not my voice. I can pro- I can only produce what my voice is. And maybe at this point in time, my voice isn't the strongest, but I'm going to grow that. And I'm going to push it forward. And I'm going to learn from what the others are doing around me. And I'm not going to copy their technique, but I'm going to imitate their route to getting where they're going. So I'm thinking, what have they done that I'm missing out on? Are they, are they out every day shooting? Are they taking more breaks than what I am? Are they coming to it, arriving at the images from a different perspective? Maybe it's a different mental state. But it's all these things that we can learn from rather than just going, what aperture did you shoot? What lens was that? What what camera (laughs) brand did you shoot that with exactly? What time of the day was you at this exact position to be able to get that shot? Because I want to go and copy that. Right (laughs) there. You know, the shot's already been taken. You're not going to copy it. And if you do, people are just like, it looks like your so-and-so shot. Of course it does, because that's what they've shot. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The
1: social media aspect, I think, is what has caused this kind of um, idea of competition first. Because if we think, I mean, obviously there's always been competition. But if we think of like 1920s Paris with the salons, with F. Scott Fitzgerald hanging out with Hemingway and Gertrude Stein, and all they're doing is sitting around and, talking about the latest art and the latest writing and helping each other and Hemingway and Fitzgerald have very, very different voices, but they work together and this is exactly what you're saying. The problem arises when people are like concerned about the amount of likes they're getting on Instagram, for example, and, and that kind of side of it. Side note, I stopped allowing likes to be shown. I stopped using hashtags and my mental state is so much better with it because it doesn't, A, likes don't mean anything, but B, it it does kind of then make you look, well, mine only got 100 and that guy got 200, but mine is better. I know it's. So if you are struggling with this like toxic thoughts of competition, do yourself a favor and step away from the social media or at least find a way to lessen it in your mind, like hiding the likes, which they let you do now. And it's great for your (laughs) mental health. (laughs) So that's just a little side tip from me.
2: Do you know what? I found it quite interesting about, you know, likes and everything else. And this was a a process that I I ran through myself. And it was the fact that I have produced images. And again, this is from years of experience. I produced images that I know are successful for me. And these are the images that Mm. I really, really like. Um, And I would perhaps expect them to maybe do well. I know there's some that I really like that definitely will not do well on social media because it doesn't feed the algorithm of what um, the masses are wanting to consume. That is fine. But I produce some images and I think I absolutely love this image. It's exactly where I'm at right now. And it basically sums everything up about what I'm producing I also think this is probably going to do well on social media. It's got the right type of vibe to it or whatever. Um, and then it will absolutely flop. <laughs> but,
1: oh, yeah. But do you know All what? the time, constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: it really, really doesn't matter. Some of my favorite images that I put out there have had, like, very little attention. And that is absolutely oh, crazy. Yeah. But do you know what? That doesn't mean that I I want to take them down. I want to, and I, I get hiding lights and things like that. But for me, I'm quite proud of it. If the if it's my most successful image in my head, and it's the one that I love the most, and it's got four likes on it, I really, really do not care. Because do you know what? I'm super <laughs> proud of that image that I put out there, and it's just a case of like holding on to that belief, holding on to the belief that you are good enough and able to go out and you can overcome whatever uh, pitfalls that there are around you, and there will be. But I guess it comes back to, at the end of the day, who are you producing the work for? Why are you putting it out there? And these are only questions that obviously you can answer yourself. Um, And if it's a case of that you just put it out there and it's for fun and you're not trying to achieve anything from it other than sharing it with your community... Fantastic. But if you've got alternative motives, and not that that's a negative thing, some people do want to grow social media um, for various reasons. And you potentially could... And there are people that have made a living through doing this. But that comes with a catch. You've then got to keep doing this thing. You've got to understand what the algorithms are. You've got to understand what the masses want. And then you've got to be a slave to that. Yeah. But if you can produce your own thing, you are completely free. And you can... If you own it, Mm -hmm. you're mentally free as well, then you can just go and be happy and do your thing. And that's, for me, probably the best place to be at. Absolutely.
1: You absolutely nailed, I got it right on the head. I mean, I can speak from personal experience. There was a time when I had like 15,000 followers, I was getting thousands of likes on every picture, but I was producing stuff that I didn't really care about, like the typical travel stuff that wasn't necessarily my idiom and, it was not good for me creatively. It was not good for my mental state. And I finally one day was just like, screw this. And I went through and I like hid all the pictures that I didn't like. And I went through this really painstaking (laughs) process of removing people who I knew were following me for no good reason. And then I just said, I'm just going to post what I want to post. And, um, it huge change. This was years ago. And, um, if anyone's seen my work from like, eight years ago to today, you're, you're going to see the, the huge difference. And I'm just, I, it's exactly like Dan said, uh, it's a headspace thing. It's a mental, uh, a mental state thing of just who are you doing this for? Do you want to be a slave to the algorithm <laughs> and to the masses, or do you want to be producing stuff that you want to produce? And that's only, you can only answer that yourself. Like you said, Dan. So we're going to look at some photos now that were submitted to us um, from one of our listeners, and you're going to see his his Instagram and his website below. I don't want to say it wrong, but I believe it's Omni Ami Mananev. Um, I apologize now, because uh, it's all one word, so I'm not sure where the word break is. <laughs> but we're going to look at his work now, um, and we're going to start with a photo of of very—it's an extreme close-up of the profile of a woman whose hair is blowing in the wind, and she has a hoop earring with a lot of light hitting it, some backlight and some front light, some rim light. Um, I will if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the picture now. If you are listening on the podcast, please see below for the link uh, to the image as well as his website. So we have the tradition of the guest gets to go first. So you're welcome, Dan. It's all you.
2: So uh, both of these images I think are are really, really strong. Um, These are typically the type of images that I'd be very drawn to. The, The main impact of these is um, the colour and the grade, as well as the actual composition of the images themselves. Um, for me, you know, that's that's ticking quite a few boxes. Um, I I can't really... There is not particularly any massive negatives for me, um, which was... And I, I know this is... Uh, it's got motion blur in it and everything else, and it, it's got a feeling and a mood to it, and that's exactly what I look for when I'm looking for images that I'm attracted to. Um and I find it quite interesting. there is a certain type and i've I've gone through this before i've um I've run through a talk when i was um I, I approached well a camera club approached me and asked me to um to share some of my work and I shared work that had motion blur in it, deliberate motion blur, and it was absolutely mm-hmm. slated because it had <laughs> but for me, it's part of the um vocabulary that is the medium of photography and i think that this has a a, a mood a, a certain ambiance to it because of the movement the light that catch light on the gold earring is is brilliant oh,
1: um, it's incredible yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's stunning the only uh, the only thing that i would um potentially and it's this is nitpicking and it's only because i might like, i'm trying to balance this out with like you know both sides of an <laughs> argument um on the left hand side of this image there is a um there's quite a harsh highlight um again this if if you was looking at this from a any other perspective like say a commercial perspective you would be looking at that and saying potentially you've might have lost a bit of detail there but i get this isn't that is nitpicking it, it, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter unless it's going out on a commercial um venture mm-hmm. um that is the, the only thing. And I, that is not anything that I would worry about at all. And there's quite a lot of the time there's various parts of images that I make that are blown out. Um, it does not detract from it. It's the only thing I can think to mention that is anything to, to balance this crit with.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that highlight does, like it, it draws the eye towards the left of the frame. Mm. But then you also have that highlight on the earring. That draws it back, and so it balances the photo out with the woman's face right there in between the two. And so, technically speaking... Yeah, it may not be good to have the blown out highlights, but it works mm. in this situation.
1: We talked about in a in another critique. We talked about the the definitive moment and and how that can absolutely surpass everything else. The technical stuff. I am not a pixel peeper. I am not a everything needs to be technically correct. He sent me his um, like portfolio, and this picture just poof right off the page for me. And I said I need to talk about this one. Um, it's just, to me, it's absolutely stunning. Um, I'm not big on the teal and orange usually, but it's so perfect here. Like, it just feels like that's the color it's so supposed to be. Um, there's the blown-out highlight on the left. Don't care. There's the thing going into her neck. Don't care. Um, I think it's absolutely stunning, and the motion blur is is gorgeous for it. It it makes me feel like maybe she's on, like, a rickshaw going through, like, a, a really Hectic, frenetic Asian ta- city, and and she's just enjoying the moment of being there. And I can't balance my critique. I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: <laughs> <laughs> because
1: I think I, I I absolutely love it. Like I would put it on a wall. I think it's I think it's stunning. Um, yeah,
0: it it is one so. of just the. It's a fantastic example of exactly what you mentioned that the moment outweighs technical perfection sometimes because it really is like, I look at this and it's a portrait of a person. You don't see the eyes technically with portraits. You want to see the eyes, but with, and then where you had mentioned the motion blur technically, yes, you generally want to try to get a shot without the blur, but it all works so well together in this shot. The rules have been broken
2: perfectly, I think, here. This is this is owning your craft. That's what that is. And the fact that uh, you went on a journey with this image as well, and it took you to a place, it's told you a story, that, for me, is a, is a successful image. So, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. I
1: agree. Um, why don't we look at the other one? Let me give a little description for those listening. So here we're seeing a large like highway overpass, big cement highway overpass curving from the top left down to the like lower um, quadrant. And there's a silhouette of a man in the distance walking, I would say walking towards us, but that's a glass half empty, half full thing, you could be walking <laughs> away. And then um, a little bit of a city in the background. We have the same kind of tones in this one as we did in the last, kind of the Blade Runner, teal and orange. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I do like this image as well. I think it's um, aesthetically pleasing to look at. Um, i think what's missing from it for me is the same kind of dynamic um moment i mean it's it's beautiful and it it's very cinematic and i can see it as a still frame in a grand larger picture i think this is a great like supportive um we're gonna talk about these types of shots in another podcast but it's <laughs> it's, it's almost like an establishing shot or a, or a context shot that would be great as part of a larger photo story. Um, and then I guess technically the, the technicalities here don't bother me either. I mean, there's a couple blown out lights, but that doesn't bother me because it kind of matches the feeling that is here. Um, I just wish it had a little bit more of the oomph. Maybe I was just so blown away by the last one that I'm like expecting too much of someone. Um <laughs> But maybe like a car going by or some some kind of additional movement would do something for me here.
2: Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on this as well. Um, when I look at images, and this is the same as what the process that I go through when I'm trying to make something. There's three things that I look for: um, color. Um, which this is fantastic the the color um and especially the contrast of the colors as well um the cut co- the composition of the of the frame and again this is very well composed you've got some really nice sweeping lines mm-hmm. that lead you into that single figure um you know beautifully composed image this would look amazing in black and white as it do- equally does in color um just because of that composition. And then the third thing that I always look for, and this is what you've just mentioned, is the moment. Um, now for me, this is it's a nice it's a there's there's something there, there's something happening, but it's missing that impact of a greater moment to be maybe a a stronger single image. But we don't always have to think about images as a single image. And I, I think you like you've just touched on we can think yep. of images as a series, so this image potentially could work quite nicely as a series, and I see it sat next to the um, the image of the of the woman, and the 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 tones and everything else work beautifully together. So you could see that already starting to build a bit of a um, a narrative there, which I'd be quite excited about, and I'd want to know what the next image in that series is going to be. Um, but I think at the moment it's it's nice, but if you wanted it as a single image, perhaps it needs a little something else. Maybe, I don't know, I'm feeling like, I don't know, like a um, an oil drum with a fire in and someone over to the left hand side. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, but then it'll mess with the composition. But you know that, just something <laughs> else or just a little twist that gives you a little bit of intrigue to it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe someone just on the very far right hand side of the frame, which just I don't know, just tips the frame slightly just to give it a little bit, oh, what's a bit of intrigue, what's happening there? But at the moment, the story is someone walking down the street, and as a as an opening for a narrative, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I'd like to see more.
0: It it definitely is kind of that tone-setting shot as opposed to kind of the hero shot. It's just the the mm-hmm. framing of it, it feels imbalanced even though visually it is balanced. But with that kind of the bottom right corner being where kind of the brightest highlights are and the most of the orange tone is, but then that orange tone sweeps up running along the edge of the overpass, and that kind of helps balance out the frame, but it still visually looks imbalanced. And you have the person there that's offset, which kind of helps further make it feel unbalanced like everything's happening in that right lower corner. So it gives kind of that mood of something is going on here. And as a standalone piece, if it were just this, I would say it would it probably feels a little unbalanced. Maybe like pan the camera right a little bit to get more off to the right and center up some of the extra elements a bit. But as a as you all have been talking about where it works really well as a set, it is perfect for setting the mood. It doesn't need to be the hero shot, the one that everyone's going to sit there and stare at, but it's a supportive shot. It sets the tone and helps build up that narrative for some of the other shots. And I think this does a fantastic job with that because it gives a little bit of that moodiness vibe And it doesn't try to present itself as this is the perfect hero shot. It can sit there in that supporting role and make the other shots basically fit the narrative better and look even better individually when they are grouped in with this set. I kind of danced around what I'm trying to say there, but hopefully that made sense. Yeah, definitely did.
1: It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I would say if you look at Omi's uh, website, um, it's omimanev.com. So it's O-M-I-M-A-N-A-V. I'll write it down so you can see it. Um, If you look at his work, um, one thing that he has going for him is a very consistent eye. I think his work often breaks the rules, often feels a little unconventional and I think in a really beautiful way. So it's definitely worth looking at Omni's work and, and seeing how this image, I think when I saw this image, I saw it as a supporting image. I don't know if that was his intention, Um, but it's, it definitely supports the other work that he has in his um, repertoire. So worth looking at his things. If you have the time, which you should. (laughs) So Thank you for the, um, for the critique. Our listeners always really appreciate it. Um, I want to see if we can finish up with maybe like a last thought on our greater topic of community. I think our, our critique here is a pretty good example of that because, um, everybody was very supportive of his work. Um, so yeah, if it, if you have a final, final thought, maybe one, one thing we can stitch on a pillow that you would say to people about community over competition what would that be
2: um i, I think it's it's be kind and have fun i this is something i always tell people um and I, everything that I, I put out i tend to end with that if i'm doing a um a talk or a workshop or anything that's the the ending that i like to leave it on if yeah i mean you are reflect, You are a, like a reflection of what you put out or however that needs to be. Um, if you reflect positive out, you're going to get it back to you. And I think just being positive and having fun on your everyday life, as much as you can do, um, chances are you, you're going to get some of that energy coming back towards you as well. So I think it's just enjoy what you're doing. Go out there and have a smile, you know, <laughs> as much as you can do. <laughs>
1: David, you have any thoughts
0: for me? I would probably say focus on the people, get to know them. Don't make it just about photography, but get to know them as people and have those casual conversations. And that will absolutely help just give everyone that sense of belonging and make it more than just a group of people with cameras, but it'll be a group of friends.
1: I like that. I guess for me, my big thing would be um, it's rare to find people who are passionate about what you're passionate about. So you should be treasuring that as opposed to um, worrying about how that translates in other aspects. Um, and so have those conversations with people who like what you like. Be supportive of one another because the more support you give out, the more you'll, return, you'll get in return. Um, and you can end up creating something really special. Well, th- <laughs> I want to say thank you again to Dan <laughs> Baker for joining us. Um, I've been a huge fan of Dan's work for for years now. Um, so it's an honor to have you here to talk to us. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all your thoughts on why we should be nice to each other, <laughs> which is the <laughs> crux of everything. Be nice to each other. And... Um, there's no beer to sponsor us today. It's a little early for me, unfortunately. Usually there's there's a random Eastern European beer, but not today. So no sponsors, unfortunately. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. And we will see you all next week.